Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, This is actually the first episode that I'm recording in the new year, even though I know it's coming out very late in January. And um, it's funny, the episode that just came out yesterday as I'm recording this was the one about comparisons. And I know in that one, I talked a little bit about the surgical skills evaluation competition, and I did indeed win for last quarter. So yay for me. And along those lines with the timing, originally I was thinking that this was sort of a drawback to writing and recording episodes a few weeks in advance that, you know, here I'm writing my episode on New Year's resolutions, but it's almost the end of January. But actually, as I thought about it more, this is really the perfect time to discuss this topic. I don't do New Year's resolutions, and I don't really recommend them for other people, at least not in the traditional sense. I used to, and I'll be honest, my brain definitely suggests to me every December that I should do some resolutions, but that suggestion definitely falls into the thanks but no thanks category for me. Don't get me wrong, I think goal setting and striving for accomplishments or personal growth are great things to do. And I've read about a slightly different approach, the New Year's intentions instead of resolutions. That does resonate with me a tiny bit more, but it's still just not really my thing. The whole concept of doing this just once a year doesn't sit well with me. That's not nearly often enough. Also, it seems a little redundant because if you're living the kind of life that most of us are, where we're constantly striving for improvement, having a set annual date for starting new goals, it just seems really arbitrary. But the biggest reason I don't do New Year's resolutions is that they generally fail. Here's a big example. In the before times, which is how I think of life before the pandemic, I was a very consistent gym goer. I worked with a personal trainer once or twice a week. I would do cardio a couple times a week, and most weeks I did yoga once. Of course, I'd have weeks that weren't great, but for the most part, I was there a lot. It helped that the gym we used to go to is maybe a half mile from my house, and for many years I was running a half marathon about every six months, so I was pretty much always training for something. But anyway, I used to hate early January because the gym would be packed with all the New Year's resolutions people. Those of us who went there regularly all year round would find it very annoying that suddenly all the machines that you could count on being available at your preferred times were not available, and you'd have to be constantly revising your plans or waiting in line. But then by the end of January, generally things would have really thinned out, and by mid to late February, we'd be back to business as usual, because all of those people who'd made a New Year's resolution to go to the gym more would have run out of steam and given up on their resolutions until next December. I think the gym example is a perfect illustration of what happens with New Year's resolutions for most people most of the time. It doesn't mean I think they can't be successful. It's just that they usually aren't planned, designed, or executed in a way to create success. From a design and planning standpoint, you could lump most of the issues under the giant umbrella of not being SMART goals. I'm guessing most of you are familiar with this term, but just in case you aren't, 
SMART is an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. The concept was introduced in the early 80s by a consultant named George Duran, and it was published in a paper on writing management goals. But you can apply these principles to pretty much any goal setting that you want to do in any aspect of your life. So let's look at a few common New Year's resolutions and see how they measure up as smart or not smart and why. I'm going to go to the gym more often. Nope. It's not specific or time bound. It's probably achievable and relevant, but it's not measurable, at least as it's stated here. I'm going to get in shape. Nope. It's not specific, measurable, or time-bound for sure. It's hard to say whether it's achievable because there's no definition of what get in shape means, and we don't really know what the starting point is either. I'm going to be more mindful. Nope. Really, none of the above except relevant. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Closer. It's specific and measurable. Once, when I was being coached on some goal setting, my coach said you want to be able to know when to pop the champagne. This one has a pop the champagne moment. The scale reads the goal weight. It's time to celebrate. It's also probably achievable, but that would depend on the time frame, which is not specified. I'm going to sleep eight hours every night. Heck no, at least not for any of us. Yes, it's specific, measurable, and relevant. You can argue about whether it's time-bound or not. There's no deadline stated, but you could argue that it's implied it will begin immediately. But achievable? No. Maybe if you have some sort of 9-to-5 job with no call and you have no kids or pets or hobbies or outside responsibilities and you never travel and you're not a perimenopausal woman, but barring all of those things, 8 hours every night is a stretch. I'm going to spend more time with my kids. Nope. I'm going to be present when I'm at home. No. For fun, I did an internet search to see what kinds of things come up as common resolutions. According to Statista.com, the top resolutions for 2023 are to exercise more, to eat healthier, to lose weight, to save more money, to spend more time with friends and family, to spend less time on social media, to reduce stress on the job, to reduce spending on living expenses. And from other websites, I found similar ones and also things like to get organized, to learn a new skill or hobby, to live life to the fullest, to quit smoking, to travel more, to read more. No, 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 no. To be clear, I think these are all wonderful things, and I think probably most of us strive for some, if not all, in our lives, me included. But as resolutions, they suck. The design is all wrong, there's no planning, and therefore they're unlikely to be successfully executed. All right, let's look at how the thinking cycles might play out for resolutions like these ones. We can start with get organized, since that one is potentially work relevant. So someone sets out a resolution to get organized. And let's say they have some vague ideas of what this means. Maybe it has to do with how they run their calendar or how they keep track of important things. Maybe it means getting a better handle on their EMR inbox or their email. So they make the resolution and initially have a bunch of energy about it. 
Let's say they have a lot of energy. So they start researching things on the internet and reading up on everything they can find and buying books on the subject. And then comes a thought like, there are so many systems out there, I can't possibly figure out which one is the right one. Or it will take me forever to figure out the perfect one. Which makes them feel overwhelmed or confused. And if they're feeling overwhelmed, they probably withdraw from the task and stop trying to figure out anything because it seems impossible and spend a lot of time thinking about how they're never going to be able to get organized because it's just too hard. And the result is that they don't get to work getting organized because they've convinced themselves it's impossible or at least just too hard. Well, what if we have someone who knows about SMART goals and is a little more savvy about planning and designing their resolutions? And let's say their goal is related to social media use. Their SMART goal is, starting January 1st, I will spend no more than 30 minutes per day on social media. Great. It's specific, measurable, achievable, probably, definitely relevant, and it's time-bound. Fantastic. And they even have a plan in place. They put a timed lockout on the apps on their phone just to make sure they don't lose track of time. Also great. So we have some planning in place, not just, I'm going to do this. Okay, so January 1st, no problem. January 2nd, sure, I've got this. January 3rd, bad day at work, pretty annoyed when the timer runs out, but that's okay. I said I'm going to do this, so I'm going to do this. January 10th, sitting in the waiting room at the dentist who's running an hour behind. I forgot to bring a book. All the magazines are 10 years old and not of interest. Well, a little extra time today won't hurt. I've got nothing else I could be doing now anyway. January 12th, meh, was that goal really that important? Let's make it less than an hour a day. January 15th, forget it. I've already screwed up twice. I'm over it. I'll try again next year. So where did they go wrong? It was a SMART goal. We reviewed that. They had some plans in place for accountability and measuring. Was it just too hard? Not enough willpower? Weak character? I really hope you know it was not any of those things. The issue is not putting in the thought work necessary to believe they are the kind of person who can do this. Sometimes we set goals that we think someone else could easily achieve, but we secretly think there's no way that we ourselves can do it. If that's the case, you have to do the work to get to the belief. I mean, you can just jump right in to your river of misery and try and slog your way upstream, but really, you're a lot more likely to get to the other side if you choose a safer path to get there. Another thing that might be at play here is a little self-shaming. So many of us have an all-or-nothing attitude about so many things. And then the minute we slip up, which is likely to happen since we're humans, it's forget it, I failed, all is lost, you always do this, there's no way you can ever do these things. This is one of those things that usually, if you just say it out loud or put it in writing, it's easy to see how flawed that logic is, but you do have to do that step. So our person who wanted to spend 30 minutes or less on social media, who achieved that on 13 out of the first 15 days in January, I mean, that's pretty amazing, right? What a good start. So what if two days weren't perfect? If they had just allowed themselves to slip up here and there and didn't let that stop them, 
they might have had less than 30 minutes on social media 25 days in the month. But since they gave up on January 15th, that's not going to happen. And maybe it was because they just need a little more practice greeting their urges. It takes a lot of work to be able to notice when you're resisting an urge and using willpower and then redirect to face the urge head on, let it happen, and move on only after you fully experienced it and let it dissipate. Remember that willpower is a finite resource, so it might not be such a great idea to rely on using willpower for something that you know you're going to encounter every single day. How about if we save the willpower for the unexpected hurdles? Now, if you've been doing New Year's resolutions in the traditional way and that's working out for you, fantastic. Keep it up. Just like everything I coach about, if your current system is working for you, I'm not advocating for you to change a thing. But if you want to explore either making them work a little better or abandoning the once-a-year idea altogether and leaning into daily goals, coaching can be a great help. Thanks for listening today. I will see you back next time. Opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.